This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. Thanks, Disembodied Hot Girl Voice. This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. I'm Ernie. And I'm the very excited Robert, as always. Well, you know what? We The title of the show is Two Nerds in a Joke, but whenever this guest is on, it's never a joke. No. <laughs> it's it's All just a pleasant time. Yes. Pleasant, very pleasant time. Oh, see, I thought you were going with serious, and it's not funny. I don't know. I, I got confused. <laughs> now we must be completely serious right no, now. <laughs> absolutely. That's what it's all about. Yes, but we you've been on it. Wow, you've been on, I think this is your third time on the show, I believe. At it least. is. Yes, the Miles Hub, third time's the charm, aren't Ernie? Exactly, I was going to say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Kristen Stovall, you, you have done so many cool things, and we love what you've done so far. And and we came on to two things. First off, we want to put this out on front shoot for everybody. This is not a spoiler-free episode. So if <laughs> anyone is stay, watching, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No. Absolutely. Uh, if anyone's watching Westworld and isn't caught up, do not listen to this episode yet. Wait until you're done to get all into it, because we're gonna. Spoil the whole thing. I say listen to it and watch it. <laughs> hey, I, spoilers don't ruin anything for me. I'm one of no. those people who avidly searches for them. Nice. <laughs> Which That's... is really bad when it comes to the books because then I I just want to tell everyone everything and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you got to be nice to the other people who I aren't search, searching for them, unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yes, very nice. So first off, obviously, it's it's been a while and we've all been in the same situation. So let me ask, how have you kept yourself busy during this time? We've obviously a lot of Westworld watching. So yes. is that is that the biggest thing you've been doing with your time? Well, the biggest thing I've been doing with my time is that I've started another book. So I've gotten about wow. five and a half chapters in and it's a prequel to the trilogy. Very interesting nice. Very nice. And, and did you, you and obviously you felt there was um are you going back far enough where you can do another trilogy or do you feel it's just a single this one? Is one book <laughs> I, okay. I have enough enough discipline to go i don't have another trilogy in me right now okay <laughs> at least you're aware of that and that's that's keen if you kind of go to I, this is the book this is the prequel and this is what we're doing yes nice. Very nice. <laughs> Exactly. I swore up and down I was going to give myself a while, and then everything happened, and I can only do so much gardening. (laughs) So I ran with with the idea that I've been uh, working on since before the trilogy was complete. Very cool. What kind of gardening do you do, if if you don't mind my asking? Um, A lot of different types. I planted... A fruit tree this year, a peach tree, which I have been looking for for years now, and they're always sold out. And surprisingly, I finally got one this year. Uh, we also have a vegetable garden and a lot of flower gardens, and I, I have a big yard, so there's oh, nice. plenty of room for things to be planted, and they are. <laughs> nice, very cool. Well, I guess you said it's it's only so much you can do with that because once they're growing, you just kind of maintain and just kind of stare at it and it doesn't grow that fast. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's kind of uninteresting to sit there and watch. <laughs> yeah, well, watching... I, I, had, I admittedly had a plant about four years ago uh, <laughs> thinking uh, I could I was responsible enough and 
clearly I am not responsible enough to maintain a single plant. <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> yeah, and, and unfortunately I have a good sized yard myself and we do plant a lot of things, but I am not in charge of any of it and I do not touch any of it because it would be awful. I think you're, the you're best there part for moral support. <laughs> yes, a moral support. I, I you think go the plant. The best part was teaching Robert how to use the uh, the the weed whacker. Oh god, yeah. Oh geez, that's going back a day. I remember that, yeah. That we, it got so bad that we actually hire a person to mow the lawn now. Oh wow. Couldn't I, mean, no. I don't actually mow my lawn either, but it's because I'm allergic to grass. Well, that's a valid reason. Mine is just yeah. attitude and laziness, so I can't, can't, can't go with the allergy. Hey, you do you. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, but to, to, to the meat of the matter, so we got to talk about Westworld. Now, Westworld. Westworld. I, I got to say, if we go back to the beginning, to the origins of Westworld and the first first season before things, I mean, if you can even say this, before things got crazy. Um, so, like, the first 15 minutes? I was yeah. going to say, what part of that series was it? <laughs> We watched the uh, same thing. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, and it was, it's 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 a great start to a show because it really pulls you into a world and you are completely lost in it and you don't know where it's going. Oh, it's so brilliant! It's so great at the actually building something that will surprise the audience and subvert their expectations without just throwing that out. Like, oh well. This makes no sense. They won't be expecting it. No, they they do a great job of building it so that you don't know what's going on until they want you to, and then your brain just explodes. Definitely. So what drove you to it? Like, I remember the trailers coming out, and it was going to be on HBO, and I was like, Westworld, wasn't that a movie with Yul Brenner? And I was like, they're going to make a show out of that? It was originally written by Michael Crichton, I believe. Yes, yes. I, I I remember when the show came out, someone said that Michael Crichton had a hand in it in the 70s, and I think there was some movie called Future World, I think a sequel or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I haven't read the original book or um, looked – I haven't even seen the original things. What drove me to it is a friend of mine, Valerie, kept telling me, no, 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 you have to watch this. You have to watch this. And I'm going – I'm not going to start any more shows until I finish this book. And then I, I'm weak and I gave in and that was the end. That was <laughs> After it. the first episode, I was like, well, I'm going to binge watch this. <laughs> the book can wait. <laughs> so were you an episode a week person or did you binge? Oh, I binged until I got to the point where I could binge no more. And then I suffered through till the next episode came out. <laughs> Ah, okay, all right. And I also sat there and thought, I will never be this good at writing. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, those those two, uh, it's it's co-written, right? It's uh, Nolan, Jonathan Nolan, and uh, I forgot the young lady's name. Oh, I I don't remember her name either, but I do think that they're doing the bulk of the writing on it. I haven't been paying enough attention to all the little details. <clears throat> but I I do recall seeing Nolan and another name, and I feel really bad that she's just the other name. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? She deserves <laughs> as much credit, right? I mean, the one who got, like, all the credit at the beginning was uh, who I like to call uh, Diet Spielberg, J.J. Abrams. 
Green oh, Dahlia. Yeah. yeah. He always gets the credit for that kind of stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, everything goes through JJ, and I was like, well, if JJ's involved, I gotta watch this, you know? So. <laughs> Just as long as he doesn't write the ending. He's not good at that. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't close well that's all it is you know he did he wanted he's more got, of an idea man i think yeah mm-hmm. he, did, he yes. did all his creative stuff with regarding henry and all those other movies now he's just the the guy behind the scenes mm. which i think is a perfect is a good movie yeah yeah no that's a, it is it is a good movie so with westworld the first season kind of ended on an interesting note i feel and you kind of got a sense of what was going on sort of yeah, yeah, it definitely. It's been a little while since I've watched the beginning. Um, I forced others to watch it so that I can then talk about it with them. Yeah, I was right. the only one in my family watching it. And I was like, no, guys, my head's going to explode. You need to watch this. <laughs> yeah, I was I was doing the same thing. I was, like, referring it to people, but I wasn't referring it to my parents because there's a lot of, like, frontal nudity in there. <laughs> And I was like, ooh, I don't know if I should refer to this, even though it's really good, right? Like, the writing is really smart, and, like, the sci-fi in it's really sci-fi. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, kinda, and I like the characters. I mean, you know, you're not – I don't know if you're supposed to like Dolores or not. I don't know. That's, but, yeah, that's something you find out. They really kind of answer that in season four. But they do a great job of keeping you guessing through the whole season as to whether is she the villain, is she the hero, what is she? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, the whole glitching thing, like when they fall out of loop, and yeah. I don't know, I don't know. What do you think, Robert? Should we give like people an in-depth look at this and like explain the first season? I mean, it's a good place to start because we're going to go into season two and three here. We might as well start with a good foundation. That being said, it's a really complicated show and yeah. well, difficult yeah. to summarize. Well, that's it. If you're explaining it to someone, you have to go through, here's what it is. It's very hard. I mean, I think it's the easiest you could say, okay, it's a robot playground for the very rich. But even that's not complete. But at least it gives you a baseline, sort of. It's kind of Jurassic Park, but with robots mm-hmm. instead of dinosaurs, if you kind of oh. look at how things go. That's <laughs> well analogy. <Perfect>. Yes. <laughs> In yeah. this world, when Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates do eat the tourists. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's very true. At first, you know, you, uh, you have the hosts and the guests, right? You have the hosts who are the robots, the guests who are like the, the upper 1%, would you say? Of like yeah. on Earth, the Uber rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. So my my summary, and may, maybe you guys could jump in at any time. So you're you're int- of course you're introduced to all the characters, Dolores, um, the um, what's named Jones, Jones, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the Jones. yeah, yeah, and yeah. also you, you you're trying to figure out well, who's the bad guy here. Right, and there's sort of three storylines that are going on, and one is through Dolores, and then the other one would be Bernard and kind of the park workers and and that, and then you also have this storyline with um, uh, one of the guests. Right, you kind of get a different perspective, like lots of different. Yeah, yeah. you know, and that's the interesting part of it is that you got, I mean, you're talking now, what, 2016 is when this started? 
Yes. So you're talking a while ago. It's kind of it's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's on HBO, so it, it's you know 800 years between seasons. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. It feels like. Yeah. And then you get like five episodes. <laughs> <laughs> they tease you with the five episodes, then it's another break, and mm-hmm. then they come back with like three more. Yeah, and they're like, "That's your season." Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think. That first season, like you said, there was all the storylines, and I'm trying to come up with a summary. It's kind of like you have this corporation who they're kind of like, yeah, you know, these uber-rich people can come in and, like, live out their fantasies. You could be a good guy or you could be a bad guy. Yeah, and, a black hat or a white hat is what yeah. they – I think how they – Going back to the basics, yeah. Yeah, so you have these guys who apparently are super wealthy, and they have some, like – I don't know, questionable morals, you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Well, yeah. they look at Anthony Hopkins' characters and, and what happens with him and Jeff, was it um, Bernard? Oh, Bernard. Yeah. Bernard. Yeah. That oh, is yeah. one of the best reveals in the whole series, oh. though. Well, yeah. and that's that doesn't happen until the... season two, right? Or is that the No, it's of... in no, season no. one. Yeah, that's one. Okay. Yeah. Was, yeah. And that's kind of crazy, too, that they're just... The manipulation, I think, is is the harshest part of that whole thing, right? I mean, oh, just, yeah. and that's kind of the point, I guess, is, is and you know, and you have um, Aaron Paul poke his head out of there. Was he, he wasn't season one, he was season he's two. He's season three. Is he three? Is he coming three? Gosh. He's season three, yeah. That's I, Caleb. Yeah, he's, Caleb. He's, he's the ex-soldier. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. ex right, right, right. He's talking yeah. to his dead friend who you find out is AI, like in the third episode. Exactly. Well, and a theme that you kind of see in in each season so far is that where does it cease to be technology and become actual life, like sentience and rights and all of that? I mean, that's definitely a theme you see kind of through the whole thing. And it it sort of reminded me of Star Trek and how they would handle data sometimes. Oh, yeah. Except much bloodier. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you talk about uh, Maeve, right? I mean, maybe Maeve is, kind is of my unique. favorite character. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Dacob. She's dog? a lot of people's favorite. Well, she's kind of the ultimate rebellion, right? I mean, she is the rebellious, yeah. rebellious robot, if you will. <laughs> if, if yeah. you know that. Didn't they cheat and, like, give her self-awareness and, like, gave her the power to control the other hosts? I don't think they did purpose. <laughs> no, I think it was I think it was just through... I don't know, a sense of caring. The, I mean, it's, it's the old, you know, she had a heart of gold kind of thing. I think that finally just got to her. Mm-hmm. And they kept waking her, they kept waking her up outside. It, I don't know if you call it outside. What would you call it? The, in, the, in the repair room? The shop? The shop? Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. But they keep woke, getting Wait, that, I thought it was called up. the forge. Wasn't it called the forge? Well, something is called the forge. <laughs> It was weird. It's like all these terminologies, like like you said, it's all the storylines running at the same yeah. time. And all of them are really complex storylines, so there's just so much to take in and and to piece together. Well, season then, one was my favorite, but I did, by the end of se- this latest season, I was pretty impressed with what they did this time, too. Well, at the end of season one, because everything is like it started leaning more toward like boardroom, like corporate, like takeover stuff. Yeah. And and like essentially how spoilers, how season Mm -hmm. one ends 
don't they kill like the entire like executive branch, like all the heads of the companies? Yeah, the the hosts kind of get in there and go crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, Dolores. There's yeah. a high yeah. body count. <laughs> well, but to be fair, I mean, again, it goes back to sentience and the idea of rights mm-hmm. is that they and they brought it kind of about about them themselves, you know, and that's well, and, and also. I think something that they kind of play with, too, is, okay, yes, these people are just acting out fantasies, but they're still carrying out these incredibly violent acts on people who, well, you know, they don't view them as people, but beings that look and talk and react like other human beings. So there's that level of how much of this darkness really is under control. Well, isn't that what um, what John... Jones, mm-hmm. man, I, I keep messing up his name. Anthony, Anthony Hopkins character. Like yeah. he, he was alluding to the fact that if they be, like if the hosts became self-aware that this is this existence for them would be like hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like ha- read, yeah. Having to relive the same trauma every day, every day. Mm-hmm. And like if anything happens that takes them out, I think it's called getting them out of the loop or. Yeah kick out of the loop yeah it, it, it must be horrible so oh, yeah. so i think that first season wasn't it more along the lines like you know they were trying to think like very meta about like human existence and things like that yeah. like it was much more philosophical than the other two seasons have been okay mm. so you you move out of that with with the bloodbath of the end which again you kind of saw coming so you're and you are talking you're talking two years later 2018 right was season two yeah. Yeah, I think there was a pretty big it was break. Two, two and a half, or close to three year gap, I think. Yeah, which is crazy. But again, I think production time's got to be pretty crazy. Though, oh yeah. Right? yeah. And they were yeah. also doing Game of Thrones at that point, so you know HBO mm-hmm. had its fingers in a lot of different Hi. things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, so you, and, and then you had the story of like some time has to pass because like I think uh, one of the like the Delios is that the name of the company Delos. Delos? Delos. D E L O S, yes. Yeah, you had the two you had the jerk and like his brother in law, right? And the brother in law fell for Dolores real hard. I really the jerk was played by Ben Barnes though. I had so much conflict. I'm like, I love you, but you're being a complete jerk. Stop doing that. Yeah, he was a he he's a great actor, but he's like, Do you want me to hate you? I don't know. I've always pictured him in the roles of one of my characters. So I'm sitting here going, No, stop it. Stop being bad. Yeah. Stop ruining this. And this poor guy, he's like totally in love with Dolores. He's like, you know, hey, hey. So creepy. You know, hey, So creepy. Awful. Let me tell you something about your girlfriend over here, right? Yeah. She's, yeah, the truth comes out. Spills all the tea, and the guy is completely wrecked, right? Oh, yeah. And and that turns him into the to the man in black, which is what like I originally... Is. Yeah, which I originally, like, thought the show was going to be about, like, the movie, which was all about the man in black. Right. So let's talk about that. Actually, you, you transitioned really soon because I wanted to actually talk about the Man in Black. He, he's in he's in the first two seasons basically, and wonderfully played by what was Ed 
Ed Harris. Harris. Ed Harris, yeah, Ed Harris. As always, you know, you're never sure if it's a good guy, bad guy, but you probably are sure he's bad, but you aren't 100% sure because you start kind of liking him. And I never person. liked him. The likable bad guy? Is that what you're saying? That's, yeah. I, I appreciated his style in being a bad guy. Let's put it that way. Maybe and I appreciated like, his like, arc. Yeah, I yeah. that's what I was going to yeah. talk about. Yeah, his arc. And and how it ends. And I think it ends, I can remember, he, he lasts like almost the entire second season before his arc kind of ends, right? Well, well he is in the third season as is well. Is he? Okay. I, Just again, in I a very different it. place. His arc ends horribly, but it's it's one of those things where he's kind of, you reap what you sow. And he's well, completely lost touch with reality. Well, yeah. The, and the, then, the, you know, I was thinking about, I don't know if you had the same feelings as well during the second season. Like, I felt he was, like, the line for him was, like, blurred. He wasn't sure if he was real or not. Did you get that sense? Yeah, I mean, I think he knew he was real, but I don't know that he could really, well, he couldn't really discern who else was. Yeah, because he shot Maeve's daughter. He shot his own daughter. And shot his own daughter, right. And she was like... Dad, you know, I, and he's like, yeah, she's not real. Bang, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, at, at the same point, let's not fool ourselves. You know, it's it's not supposed to be a pretty thing. No. And he's definitely not supposed to be a good guy. But at least, I think it, it's it is yet yeah, he reaps what he sows. But at least you can sort of understand where he kind of went off the rails and why. Right. And you also know? that he doesn't see himself as a villain. Like, no. It, he oh. really doesn't. He knows he's got these dark tendencies, but he thinks they're under control and that he's the good guy by going to this park and doing these horrible things. Well, and in some sense, if he's going to the park and doing these terrible things there, then he's not doing it in the real world. At least in right. his line, that's what he's saying. You know, right. this is my that's release. His rationale. Which, again, yes, but if, again, go back to sentience and all that, does it, you know, how does it affect those creatures, beings, whatever you want to call them? Right. Um, so I want to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we are going to go deep into the third season of of this and, and really catch up to where things are and what do we think is going to happen next with what they've now done with the show. So one mo- one quick moment and we will take a commercial break and we will come right back. Awesome. <laughs> Seamless transition. Yes, in a very robotic way. Thank you, Ernie. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I went. I went very, uh, very Westworld. Now, what did you think about uh, Shogun World when they were it's in? Pretty... Uh, I thought it was cool. I thought it was an oh. interesting plot place to put it. Right. And I, it was fun to watch the characters for Westworld making the connections with their counterparts in this other world and, and just sort of really seeing how manufactured their realities are. Right. And that kind of, it gets like, um, it was something that, um, and I, again, I tell me, tell me what your guys thoughts are. I mean, obviously it's a JJ Abrams thing, right? I mean, sort of kind of in his world. And he always has this, like, you're seeing a tiny piece of the larger pie. And he kind of opens it up for you at each kind of piece, right? Did you feel that that opening, that second layer, that it's not just one reality, is a good thing? Or is it just becomes almost too much? 
person so far, but it was definitely a trend. It was kind of from where they end up in the third season. So I appreciate it for what it was. I I just don't think it was the strongest. It kind of leaned a little bit more, I felt, on just um, the brutality of the upheaval that was happening. I think it had to happen there. It just didn't come off as quite as clever as the first and third seasons have. Interesting. Yeah, and I've heard that a lot, that it wasn't as, as, as interesting. It was just more, you know, bloody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, I but think, I, I think it was what it needed to be. Yeah, because I think I think it was a lot of feedback from like the season one where like people were waking up and they were looking into the other rooms and you're noticing, oh, it's not just this; it's all these other things that are going on. Right. Right. And then then you get, of course, to season three, which what? now. Oh wait, what 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 really happened in season two was <laughs> was <laughs> fun, right? I'm not ready to move on, Robert. That's what he's saying. (laughs) Go on, Ernie. Get it out. It's okay. It was Bernard. It was Bernard becoming Bernard, right? In season two. Okay. Yeah, you see Bernard kind of coming to terms with the reality of his existence and that it wasn't remotely what he thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like that—that was the other. Like, oh my gosh, you know, he's—he's like uh, completely artificial. He's got like the little connection thing under his arm, you know, that yeah. he's able to uplink with. Right. Uh, he had like that. I guess for me, it was that picture of him as a Vitruvian man. I guess the the Leonardo picture or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of comes to reality with what he is. Yeah. So then I was like, well, I didn't know where this where the storytellers were taking us in season two. Was it just like these? It's gonna it we're eventually going to lead you into like the real world with these hosts. And then, yeah. well, and that's the thing. And how are they going to work that? You know, because that's a, that's, that kind of reminds me of, um, AI, or not AI, um, I robot. Right. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of mentality, which is haha, Ernie, what season three kind of goes into. <laughs> <laughs> Where hosts, hosts can't kill guests, aren't supposed to kill, hurt guests, and all that other stuff. All those rules are gone bye-bye, pretty much, in season yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. Right. And we're now talking... The dinosaurs have gotten out in season <laughs> three. Well, and you know what's kind of funny is, what is it, Jurassic World 2, whatever it was, oh, the one Fallen where they bring... Yeah, where they, yeah. So it's like, it's the same idea. It's like the dinosaurs are now in our world. Now what? Right, yeah, season three takes... Season three is interesting because we actually get our our first real look at the world outside of the the, um, theme park and where they are and how people are really sort of living the same reality. I mean, they're they're assigned to loops, basically. There's really that parallel between the hosts and, and human beings, and they they highlight that a little bit as you get through the season. Now, yeah. what was, what I found weird was like the society at the time, like we're talking, this is at least what a couple hundred years down the road, right? Yeah. I can't remember the exact timeline, but it, it was a ways 
off. Yeah, it's a ways off. And apparently now it's based on a meritocracy. Like, like you're, <laughs> you have like a score and that's what you get assigned to in your life. Like, you know, you're upping your score so you can get better jobs. Yeah, I wasn't 100% clear on whether that was everyone or just that character's particular situation. I, I was never completely clear on that. Well, and I think I think one of the things is if you if you make it that everybody's like that because it's it's kind of an interesting parallel because I I read about that in the episode in the, in the season that was that was the conversation that was talked about and that is actually kind of a scary thing and I don't remember if it took if they did that in the episodes before this happened in real life but uh, one country I don't remember if it was uh, Japan maybe I think did do that where everybody had a score in real life they had like a social score and you couldn't you could or couldn't get things based on that score and they also did that in um uh what's the show the the one with the, the mini episode ones i can't even think of it right, right now but um the first episode i don't know with, you lost me <laughs> yeah, yeah well, i'm completely lost okay the this the, the, sh- the show with with the, the first episode's the guy and the pig oh black mirror thank you yes black okay. mirror they do it in Black Mirror in one of their episodes where they do the same. She couldn't rent a car because her score was too low because okay. she wasn't being nice to other people. I mean, she wasn't helping other people. And because of that, her score was so low that she, she her social score went down so low. She had no way of, of of doing anything like she couldn't even rent a car. She couldn't get a meal because her score was so low. And she's trying to, you know, oh, people yeah. would see that. And it's kind of the same idea. And it's. It's it's this ultimate. I feel like the ultimate sort of a lot of these shows is what we're kind of going towards. Is what is your rank in the world? Yeah. Based on what other people think of you, basically. Right. You know, right. and it's it's a lack of of it's a it's the ultimate of you have to take responsibility for your actions because everybody is judging you, basically. Well, here's a question then I pose to both of you. Where do you where where do you guys think your scores would be? <laughs> oh God. Well, it would depend upon what it was based on. I think it was it wasn't it like contribution and stuff like that because because Caleb Aaron Paul Caleb he was a soldier yeah. and I guess he, he was on the rise right and then something mm-hmm. happened and he took a really big back step and now he's using this this Tinder app for assassins right. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Rico, right? Rico. Swipe left or right, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like that assassin. Well, there was more going on there than you find than you know. You find that out in the last few episodes. There was actually more going on there than than uh, meets the eye, which is probably why I'm like I'm not a hundred percent sure about that because I I've seen the end. Oh, um, okay. So, but so they did that, have this huge computer that sort of predicted everybody's life path and right. therefore kind of set you on that path and you weren't really allowed variation. So there was that need for freedom and that's what Dolores pushes Caleb toward creating. See, and I thought I saw him like rebelling against that system when he was hanging out with Ash and Giggles, who I really love Giggles. Like if I could get that shirt... <laughs> That he wears, that is such a cool shirt. Bored, amused. And And in case you're wondering, Robert, Giggles is played by Marshawn Lynch. Okay. Crickets, right? 
He's the he's the ex NFL football player that refused to talk to the press. Okay. Yeah, okay. he played Seattle Seahawks and like essentially the he got in trouble with the NFL for not speaking to the press after after games. So they said for every every time you do that, we're going to fine you. And so he had a meeting with the commissioner and he said so basically as long as I go to these things and um, respond to them, you're not going to find me. And they said, yes. So he showed up to the next, like, you know, post game thing. And, uh, the, the reporter asked him a question. I forgot what the question was, but his response was, that's an excellent question. I'm here just so I don't get fined. <laughs> and he did that for that's the entire amazing. season, even at the Super Bowl. their team played in the Super Bowl and they're like, Hey, what do you think about Super Bowl week? That's an excellent question. I'm here so I don't get fined. <laughs> and then he said, next question. And he and he kept responding with that. But outside of that, he is he's got a really good sense of humor. And when I saw him casted in the role for Westworld, I was like, oh, I gotta watch this. <laughs> well, that's kind of the fun part of it too, right? It's kind of a life imitating art or art imitating life kind of thing too, right? I mean, right. It's like I wanna I wanna do what's right because I don't want to get fined because that's society we live in. But I'm going to find a way to protest. Dang it. <laughs> I will follow it technically. <laughs> exactly. Which is kind of the is kind of the interesting thing that, that it looked like in season one and two, and you can tell us a little bit if, if it follows through in season three, um, where it's that same sense of I'm going to rebel in the way that doesn't kill me. Hmm. I'm not going to be a martyr for my cause because I want to live. I don't know. I, I I don't get that from Maeve because she started off with the whole Nazi thing. Yeah, yeah. Maeve definitely. I think Maeve is actually the meant to be the more human character. She's meant to be the 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 character you sympathize with and the character that you kind of connect with because her arc is based on a very simple and yet profound truth, and that's a parent's love for their child. Like her entire motivation for everything she does is for her child which is a very yeah and you're right it makes her extremely human for something for something i don't even know if you can say that without being offensive but for something that isn't technically human and what what's the definition of that and that that parent child love especially a mother's mother child love is really mm -hmm. kind of a does that make her alive more so than anything else so i think that partially is kind of a pulling at the heartstrings of the yeah. audience to kind of make them want to believe that she's really more than she is. Oh, now, yeah, for sure. And at this point in the story, correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, the focus is trying to get to Dolores because Dolores found a way out, right? Yes, Dolores is out in the real world. And um, she's. we start off not really knowing what her exact plan is. We're pretty sure it's to bring about the fall of mankind and, and all of that. Uh, but as the, the season progresses, you start to see that there's something a little bit more complex going on, but that even she is actually conflicted in what she's attempting to do. Okay. Now well, and it doesn't make, and that's what kind of doesn't make her a true villain. Right. I mean, right. To go back to your point of is he is she a hero or is she a villain? She's both. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> like more hero. Yeah. Well, well, and that's the thing: is humanity the villain or not? 
Yeah, well, you know what? I would say it's this corporation that owns all this stuff I think is the real evil one, right? It seems like corporations rule the world at this point in human history. I think the impression I reached by the end of the third season is that the point they were kind of heading toward is that their one group isn't the villain. This isn't necessarily the villain. That group isn't necessarily the villain. But that there are villains on every side and heroes on every side. Right. Not always obvious, which is like one of my favorite things ever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's what makes it interesting, I think, too, is that there's no you can't say, oh, well, that group over there, they're the bad guys. You don't you don't want to. It's not interesting anymore. You know, no. for people to watch a show and say, okay, those bad guys, those good guys. It, it's the same thing they tried to do until until the end with, with Game of Thrones and any big epic like this. Is There's good people and there's bad mm-hmm. people, but groups yeah. of people aren't necessarily one or the other. It's right. more complex. And, and there will always be that space for stories, you know, where you have good versus evil and they're clearly defined. And I think that we... We do on some level need those stories because in real life, like, you know, with so many of these shows like Westworld, it isn't clearly defined. So sometimes it's nice to get that break and go, well, these are the bad guys and these are the good guys and we know who we're going to root for. But it's also interesting that we're, we're now seeing where shows will be more complex in how they portray the various characters and their motivations. Well, and that's a fun thing, too, to think that the audience... Uh, audiences in general are more um, complex too to be able to watch and make these shows popular because you have to have the right, right. audience for the stuff too, you know. Right, right. So I, and and I like that so many of the characters are open to interpretation, you know, in terms of whether or not they are the good guy or the bad guy. There is a level of being open to interpretation. Yes, because like for me, like. Watching watching Maeve in, in season three, how she was able to figure out the loop, you know, so that way she can um, that way she can like get out of sticky situations. And it actually froze the, the main server when she like asked the, the host, like, give me the square root of like negative one. And it yes. totally threw them all off. And like they were able to get like all the secrets that they needed. And she's like throwing the the bus of Bernard like in the air and it and it like hangs in there and I'm like holy cow do these guys like do computer science or something <laughs> like this is totally something like that would happen to one of Robert's Excel files like it would what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Lock up the whole computer at, like nine o'clock at night you know when you're trying to get something done and you hit save and it just goes white that's oh, what it's like. wow I feel I don't know if I should be complimented because my Excel sheets are so com- complicated or insulted because they break stuff. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like when I'm playing Swotor and I've got too many people trying to kill me and all of a sudden oh, the game starts lagging. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, just ask something. What's the square root of negative one? And then it's, they start going off, right? It's yeah. great. It's crazy. So what do you think? And I obviously watched this finale of season three, you said, right? Yeah. 
I have. Yes, and I'm Royal waiting season. for my mother to watch it so that I can tell her all the things. Oh. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Your mom watches it? Yeah, I'm, I told her she had to. I did not have the scruples you did. I'm like, no, mom, you have to watch this. You have to watch this. Man, that's a lot of full frontal, man, in that season yeah, two. She watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> she can handle this. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be, She's go gotten used to her children's taste in TV. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, because this has come up like, what, three or four times already. Is there actually a value to that full frontal? Is there a purpose? Do you feel it really serves a purpose in the show as a story element? Or is it just because they know they can get away with it and because people will watch because it has it? In this show in particular, or just in general? Well, this show, first off, we can go broader, but in this show, do you feel, because I remember watching the first season, I mean, and I guess it kind of portrays the the, the lack of humanity, that right. they're just toys. Yeah. That's what I would say. With this show, I think that there is a point, because it it does, the nudity is almost always in like in a situation that, definitely shows you how they're not being viewed as living sentient beings it's always sort of very dehumanizing it's it's very technical like they're not it's it's not trying to be sexy or anything they're like sitting in sterile rooms and have tubes and things coming out of their arms so i think that it's a very thought out choice in westworld in other shows, maybe not as much. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I have to say that if I got it, if I got a call in to go to Hollywood and that was my gig, I'd have to second. Que- I have many questions. I'd have <laughs> if they many- asked you to be on Westworld. Oh yeah, I'd be like, look, 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 guys, you guys can't put me in one of those chairs, all right? <laughs> Because I'm thinking, like, I'm watching the scene, and I'm like, you know, that's an actor right there that probably went to school and everything, and, like, that's what he's been reduced to, right there. To sit naked in a chair. <laughs> sit naked in a chair <laughs> with, like, everything showing right there. Yeah. Full view. Yeah. Hey, it takes a brave person to do that, man or a woman, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I was going to say, the ladies, too. Man, they're even more exposed in the show. Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean... I'm I'm pretty shy about that stuff, but if I got to be on Westworld, I think I'd do it. I'd be like, all right. Oh, now, can I have Ben Barnes' number? <laughs> <laughs> I for Westworld, I I think I'd do it. Others maybe not, but Westworld is amazing, and it it'd be incredible to be a part of something like that. And no, then I'd just yeah. be sort of discreetly handing copies of my books off to all of the people, going, hey, so um, you should read this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Free advertising, free advertising. <laughs> I have been known to shove them into celebrities' hands at Comic Cons. Hey, hey, really? Like, here's a present for you. Yeah, Billy Boyd has a copy now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. See, that's the way to do it. Absolutely, <laughs> way to do it. So, what's next for Westworld? What do you see yeah, coming spoil, in the next season? Season three for me. Spoil season three. <laughs> <laughs> well, um. I think we've seen the last of Dolores, unless, oh. but, it's, but with Westworld, you don't know. She, they could find some way to bring her back. At least, I think we've seen the last of her in the body we're used to seeing her in. The character itself will keep going. It's one of those things where <laughs> there's a lot more Dolores than you realize. 
Oh <laughs> my gosh, there's different Dolores. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I think what we're going to be seeing in the next season is them dealing with the repercussions of basically the whole world waking up and being broken from their loops. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, Still- it's kind of, I would say in many ways, season three is almost like, it's very similar to the arc of season one, except this is happening in the real world with people instead of robots. I mean, it's not exactly it, but there are definitely parallels between the two. So I gotta ask, because it also has another parallel into another movie scenario where it's very similar, where, of course, The Matrix, um, the origins of The Matrix, which is really that uprising kind of idea. Do you get the sense from where it's breaking from the loop, if you will, that that is something that's coming based off what Dolores has done or not done? Um, where there could be kind of a conflict forthcoming and maybe not season four per se, because we're still, as you said, waking up. Mm-hmm. But do you see that that might be something that comes and maybe God help us a fifth season? Oh God, there's so much <laughs> conflict coming in season four. I would say, unless I'm okay. just way off the rails, I would say there's definitely a conflict coming the way they ended it. I would not be surprised if we see a time jump between the end of season three and season four. I think Mm. there's a good chance. Just there were some little things that I noticed, some little hints uh, in terms of uh, certain things being sort of dusty and cobwebby that were not prior to (laughs) that last scene. But I I think that we might be seeing, we, we might be stepping into a whole different scenario in a different world and, It'll be interesting to see where they take it. And I could be completely wrong. I, you know, That's I the have fun no of guessing, inside right? knowledge on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I wish I had inside knowledge. <laughs> so so with the completion of season three, because you saw it all the way through, there's no medieval world. Because I saw a dragon in one of the rooms. There, You don't go into a medieval ro- world, but there obviously is one. You see them down in the room sort of cleaning things up and everything, and, and it was obviously from a medieval world a game of thrones type world i would say that the dragon that you see is actually a game of thrones dragon i think i don't think it was meant to be the game of thrones dragon i think maybe it was just a little easter egg and a shout out to fans and maybe them trying to redeem themselves by standing on the shoulders of a well-written show (laughs) i'm a little salty yeah (laughs) are you really last season huh the last season of got yes also i yeah no it just it was so badly written it was (sighs) so badly written and okay i've done theater and just on a community theater level if anyone had left a Starbucks cup sitting on a table in a medieval (laughs) show, we would have been ripped to shreds just on a community theater level. They have people paid to check this stuff. Clearly everyone had checked out at that point. They saw the scripts and went, well, this is crap. (laughs) 
billion dollar first draft theater. That's what I call it. Yes. Ugh, crazy. So bad. But those two guys, they admitted. They're like, look, we're folding in this last season because we're writing for the, for the Mandalorian. Yeah, didn't they sort of lose the, the contact with Star Wars shortly <laughs> thereafter? Because, like, yeah. all of nerddom went, you hire them, we walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did. Don't they ended up losing. the nerds. Yeah. 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 We have some power. We, we are do. mighty. We spent <laughs> years getting picked on. We are now mighty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I love the fact, and I, I would love the fact, if, if they take it one just one step further in the fourth season, where they kind of imply that Game of Thrones was actually one of the worlds. That would be amazing. I mean... I feel like there was a little bit of that implication, um, but it was very subtle. I remember at the time seeing some article about how Game of Thrones fans are upset because the dragon deserved better than that. The one dragon that survived deserves oh, better than that. Yeah, and yeah. he was literally in the show for like two seconds. If you blinked at that moment, you would have missed it. And I'm sitting here going... Really? I feel like no one's actually upset about this. You guys are just making clickbait to try and start oh, yeah. some social media battle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, three, three people were outraged. Three people were outraged is what happened. It, it, it was a computer. Exactly. That or three people were mildly miffed and then someone decided to make it a thing. Yeah. See, it I didn't all, go far. Now, for Westworld, I honestly thought season three was going to be uh, Future World. I thought that's what it was. Like everything was like everything that we were seeing was a simulation, and that's where I thought future. Were. But you're saying it's not that it's going to be something else. In season three. Yes. Yeah, season I three. mean it. It definitely takes place in the world that is, you know, futuristic. So maybe they just weren't doing it as literally as having it be a part of the park. Because uh, they they ultimately go back to the park again in season three, right? Briefly, there's not a lot that they do at the park, but there is there is a little bit there. Yeah, because I think the episode I stopped at, they were like there, and you could see the graves. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a little while since I've watched the earlier episodes because the season ended a few weeks ago, and then of course there's that span between all of them and. There have been a few things going on that have slightly distracted me. <laughs> Can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so let us let us know because because we've been we've been doing this for a hot minute. So I want to know what's next for you. You said you're working on your next book. Yeah. Given everything that's going on, are you going to be doing anything tour wise at this point? Or are you doing anything virtual that should people should be aware of at this point for your stuff? Or are you just kind of working on your book? hiding in your garden, just getting stuff done. <laughs> uh, well, with the trilogy, I have not been doing a lot of advertising. I have put all of the eBooks up for 99 cents for the duration of the lockdowns, just because I don't want, I feel really uncomfortable sort of advertising and trying to like use what's going on to sell books. So I've just sort of backed off. I've made them, you know, as cheap as I can on Amazon for the ebooks. That way, if somebody sees them and wants to read them with all of the stuff going on, that it's affordable. 
So I'm kind of just leaving it at that. I did for the first few weeks that we had actual lockdown here, I had the first book for free. Um, but I can't just have it free all the time. I might be able to. I'm not going to have it free all the time. Well, let, let's be fair. <laughs> well, I say it's a lot of work, and this is you know your livelihood. So let's not fool ourselves. It's it's, it's a business, but you're having you want to give people back. Give back to the people yeah. who supported you. So it's, it obviously makes right. sense. Right. Um, so when – so give us a date for your next book to come out. Come on. <laughs> there, there is not a date set yet. I do actually have the front cover. I, I oh. did the front cover myself this time. So oh. that was an interesting experience. I'm pretty happy with it. I'm going to have the person on my others like – fine-tune it but I did the work for it myself this time mostly because I just didn't worry and I am somewhat patient with these things so I went for it uh, nice. I do have a goal of having the first draft finished by early August this one however is more complex and more brutal <laughs> than oh. the trilogy it has a lot of world building that will inform that world. It's essentially, and I will tell you this, it is essentially the story of how the king and the trilogy, how that family came to being on the throne. Very nice. And that there's always a little blood when that kind of thing happens, right? Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Got a little dark there for a second. <laughs> I have already made myself cry. Nice. <laughs> wow. No, I was doing a, a body count because I had written all my characters out and I had written my names because I this book has taken a lot of notes and I'm working out. I, I had things figured out, but I didn't have all the tiny details figured out, like the, the deities and um, different geographical places in the world. But I've been working that out. And so I'm working out all these different cultures and working out all these different names. I've got just notes pages and pages of notes but i was doing a body count and i'm like good god <laughs> nice when you shock yourself you know you're doing it right right what, 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 i'm apparently channeling george rr martin right now i was just gonna ask are you in martin territory tarantino where are we at what are we talking i here? mean once my editor during the trilogy jokingly called me female george rr martin and i'm relatively wow. nice in that one <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Damn. She hasn't even seen this yet. I'm just waiting. I actually just spoke to her today and got her to confirm that she is on board for doing the editing for this one, too. But <laughs> she hasn't even seen it. And I'm like, I'm not going to warn her. I'm just going to let her. I'm just going to let the chips fall where they may and wait for her to yell at me for this thing that I just did. Nice. Oh, nice. She did once. There was one brutal thing I did in the third book where she did actually in the sidebar all in caps Kristen no and I'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> this is happening this so is this ha is gonna happen now <laughs> so I'm assuming though if it's if it's that graphic are you gonna you're obviously gonna stay make it more graphic or the same level of graphicness for the the prequel um i don't know that it like in terms of the actual what's shown violence right. wise i don't know that it's 
necessarily written more graphically. There's just more of it, and I'm less concerned with um, making myself cry. <laughs> oh, no, wow. Okay. <laughs> and then I, it, it's just going to be a little bit more adult in general. Tasteful. I don't want to write any bodice rippers. I don't want to go into that territory, but sure. it's a more brutal time in the world mm-hmm. uh, of, of the books. Right. So it, the story and the characters and the writing and all of that is definitely going to show that wow. it's, it's the beginning of a dynasty and it's rough. <laughs> Things are rough when that sort of stuff begins. Absolutely makes sense to me. I can't argue that at all. So it sounds it sounds like it's gonna be great. So we, we're definitely gonna look forward to that. This hopefully by the end of this year, fingers crossed. You're saying August uh, for I would August for the first draft is the plan. I do intend to do a lot of rewrites and going back and really, really, really fine tuning and just being obsessive about it like I have been. So I would I would be surprised if anything came out before the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Okay probably be next year but i don't know i literally have been writing so obsessively that i've strained tendons in my right hand from all the typing (laughs) the whole time we've been doing this i've been actually rubbing my hand that's crazy and i'm supposed to be taking a break but i've been very very bad and not doing that at all (laughs) yesterday i wrote a thousand words and today i've already been doing it i've been writing wow crazy that's, that's, it's a great pace but it's gonna kill you it is. <laughs> or at least make my hand fall off one of the two well, that means... It'll be, it's fine it's fine it's fine <laughs> it's fine it's fine it's fine we're all it's fine oh, we're all fine here now how are you <laughs> wow that is crazy and we, we there's so many other things we could touch upon but we, we are out of time for this episode oh my god we've run through it we're gonna have to come back and do it again good yeah. lord Oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us all the download dirtiness of why we should be watching Westworld. So I have to I have to yeah. now go get back into it and catch up because do obviously it. I'm missing out. Yes. Um, so I'm totally going to do that. Ernie, you have to finish off your season there. So come yeah. on. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, hey, if the writer. I, they had the, me hooked when they started quoting Shakespeare. These violent delights have violent ends. Uh, you know. Yeah. You got to love it. Yeah. Oh, no. Hey, and if you can do a thousand words a day and keep up with Westworld, what excuse do the rest of us have? I'm I know. I, I, I am reevaluating life choices as we speak. There you go. It's all you can <laughs> ever do. Words is light for me. <laughs> see? See? You see? You're reevaluating again. <laughs> well, Kristen, we, we love having you on. This was fantastic. Yeah, uh, I love we really being appreciate here. it. Yes. Absolutely great. Ernie. Um, of course, to keep with the goriness of our show, you must give the ending that makes the blood flow, which, of course, is, as always, peace out. Peace out, everybody. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs> and that's another episode of Two Nerds and a Joke. Follow Robert and Ernie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to their YouTube channel. <laughs>